you need to understand this, that you need to encourage, be able to encourage yourself. And it comes from the story of David, which I don't want to go through again. But, um, and of course, I talked about in part one needing to overcome seriously bad days. Anyone had any seriously bad days? And I talked about staying connected to your destiny, uh, accessing heaven's open door, disarming hell uh, with thanksgiving. And I talked about it's time to be strong and to, and to be, you know, strong and to be of courage. Say courage. And uh, to stand in victory, enter into our hour of promotion is, of course, is to learn how to strengthen yourself in the Lord. And I talked about how David, King David, eventually how he... Uh, eventually was able to be promoted because he stayed with the game plan of uh, being connected with God and 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 of course he he was an incredible lad at a young age even before he was famous even before he took out uh, Goliath he did overcome the, the lion and the bear I love that story I don't know how he took on a lion on a bear but that is phenomenal I've seen a bear in a zoo who's seen a zoo and who wants guys put up your hand who wants to take the bear on you seen a bear in a zoo? You seen Tash wants to take the, the bear on. Okay, that's cool. I'm not surprised. And um, and the bear. What did I say? The bear. The lion. Who wants to take a lion on? Any any fellas want to take the lion on? I mean, I've seen these these animals in the zoo. And I, and David, young David, was so so. Um, I guess in touch with God, he was fearless. Absolutely fearless. So this tells us a lot about David, that circumstance didn't faze him, man. When he saw stuff coming at him, when he saw the weather wasn't great or whether, whether the enemy was coming against him or, or whatever, King, David, young David, was just fearless. He would just... And, of course, when, the, when, the, when this great um, uh, exploit was uh, given to him as an opportunity, that the, this, this giant... Uh, cussing out God's people, and David said, "What we're going to stand for this? This uncircumcised, you know, our God, He can do it. You know, and then, you know, he, he can take this guy out and, and with no armor, no armor, with a slingshot and a stone, and uh, he 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 runs at this nine foot dude, and, and, and without armor, he he stares him in the eye, and with his fearlessness, and with his righteousness, with his right standing in God, with his intimacy with God." with his heart that was so in touch with God. This guy was phenomenal. And, and he ran at Goliath and took that dude out. And, um, and that becomes a great story, doesn't it? Isn't that a great story? So David, of course, is anointed to be king, but Saul gets upset because, you know, the song goes that Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his tens of thousands. Saul got uh, nasty and jealous and uh, wanted David. He wanted to kill David. So David ended up fleeing the palace. He ended up fleeing the palace. And uh, for 10, apparently 10, 13 years, they tell us, he's on the run by this, this, you know, Saul who's really jealous, really angry, and he's hurling javelins at him. And uh, anyone ever had anyone throw javelins at you? I remember I was on a golf course once with some drunk people, and they pulled out the... um, they pulled out the, and they threw it, and, and they threw it, and they missed one of my mates by about that much. It's a nightmare I always have, yeah. So don't, don't hang around drunk people. Don't hang around drunk people. They, you know, if you find yourself on a golf course, they pull out, what's those flags? And this fella, this fella, I don't know who he was. He wasn't my friend, or was he? And, 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 and he threw it, and he threw it into this gathering of guys, and he missed this guy like that. And, oh, my goodness. So 
I've never had that happen to me, but um, in Acts 13.22, you saw David after 10, 13 years of being chased down and not coming back at Saul either. This is the integrity of this guy's heart. He never came back at Saul. He could have killed him. He could have taken him out quite a few times, and, uh, and David never did. He said, touch not, you know the scripture, touch not thy anointed. So don't talk about ministers. Don't talk about each other. Don't talk about another church. This tells us don't talk about leaders. Don't talk because they're anointed. And everyone saved is anointed. You with me with that one? And David is so integral. God's just testing him all the time. He's anointed by Samuel to be king, but 10, 13 years, he's on a journey uh, going through the trial of life, through the crucible of life, being rejected, um, being being betrayed, and, and of course, in the end, even his own followers, it'd be like this whole church turning against me and saying, Phil, we've had it with you, we want to take you out and stone you. And, uh, and that's what exactly happened to David. Uh, you know, they got ripped off and they blamed David and, uh, they, and, and, and his mighty men, 600 mighty men said, David, you've really let us down big time. And, and, and instead of coming back at them, trying to defend himself, as some people might do, or throwing off, it wasn't me, it was them, you know. No, he didn't. He just turned, he turned to God and said, God, now what? What am I to do now? And, and, and this is an amazing thing. Because we do have a tendency in self-preservation to blame people, shift, uh, blame shift, uh, you know, throwing off. A great saying in Mount Penang was throwing off, you know. And we used to have that saying, oh, you're throwing off, you know. I said, uh, and, and so we, we just have this propensity to push back blame. But David didn't. He said, okay, it's happened. I'm in charge. The buck stops with me. Um, so, all right. Can, can you just give me a, give me two minutes, would you, before you stone me? Just, could you just give me a tick? Uh, and so he got with God and God said, David, man, man up, man up, man, because you got this far. And if you go after what belongs to you, your two wives and all the other wives and the children and all the possessions, if you go after the, the Amalekites and take back what belongs to you, um, guess what? You're going to have a marvelous victory and it's going to be even greater glory to God. Do you know what I'm saying? So he does. He rides and he gets all the stuff back and they sing his praises. Well, shortly after that, in this desperation, in this darkest hour of David's life, the darkest hour of David's life, it looks like he's done for anyone like that anyone like that when you think that's it man there's nothing there's nothing for me no ministry no calling no church no god no family no nothing i'm just this is no good this is and at that moment david found himself after all that david found himself at the door of promotion there was literally a door waiting for him uh, to, to, to step through and he ascended onto the throne and literally jesus right now is seated on the throne of David. Literally whatever David established as a kingdom and what David established as, as uh, God's people uh, living in prosperity spiritually and materially, all that David had as a legacy now, God says, right, I can build on that with my son. My son's coming and he's going to build on that legacy. So David, if you want to study any, any godly figure, study David. David is incredible. David is just um, an incredible, awesome man of God. But that scripture, did that go up? Acts 13, 22. God saw that he was a man after his own heart. So, you know, this guy was so, so blameless. Absolutely so blameless. So we can learn a lot of lessons from David's life. 
lots of uh, character uh, tests and, and things that we face. Uh, I've got here, what qualifies him to become king? What brings about the moment in which God says, okay, now you're ready? I would like to suggest that it was David's ability to do something in the face of the deepest betrayal and rejection imaginable when he stood completely alone. This is when David, and the scripture says in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, but David found strength in the Lord his God. He strengthened himself in God. And I think that's the crux of the message tonight. Each one of us need to strengthen ourselves. We're looking for the pastor. We're looking for some figure. We're looking for our mum, our dad. I mean, we're looking for someone. But can I tell you this, that you're probably looking for God. Is that cool? David found strength in the Lord. And I want to talk simply about a, um, a discipline of waiting on the Lord. Say, waiting on the Lord. David's life shows us that the ability to strengthen minister to ourselves is a vital skill that we must learn if we're going to develop the character to fulfill our potential as a people of God. Each, each of us, and this is what I rounded up, um, I think, the, uh, the, the message, uh, well, part one, and I'm going to take off from here. So each of us will have a different size and kind of sphere of influence, but we are all called as leaders in society to provide as like David did, David became king, was able to provide protection and provision for God's people. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's exactly what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be able to provide protection, provision, and blessings because the Bible says we're kings and priests. you understand that? And I did say too many Christians, even leaders, lack the initiative to seek him in the secret place when no one is around. Like David, you must seek his face and pursue uh, pursue his destiny for your lives. And if you can sustain your initiative through testings and experience personal breakthrough, that will release, that will release God's power in your life and release it in other people's lives. That's probably the, the ultimate deal, I think, is for the spirit-filled church, is to get God's power in you and through you. Is that cool? To get God's power in you and through you. That you become a messenger of hope. That you become someone that you know that that they can depend on in terms of if they need a miracle if they need hands laid on them if they need a, a, a need encouragement if they need something of 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 what god can do it they they're depending on that river of life to flow through you get through you and bless them in jesus name and i talked about this and this this word's been on my heart this week need uh, and I said, and I started to think about need. Our great, what's our greatest need? Our greatest need really is God. Our greatest need is in God. And, and, and some people don't have a need in God. Like some people don't give to God. They don't have a need of God to bless their finances. But uh, hello, I have a great need to God to bless my finances. So I give and I trust him for my provision. Who's a bit like me tonight? Who trusts God and say, God, man, you can have the 10%. Just bless the 90, would you? Just bless the 90. Because the Bible says if you hold back the whole 100%, it's just going to flitter and just be like holes in your pocket. It just won't go anywhere. The Bible says if you give that 10%, all the rest becomes holy and anointed. It lasts, it blesses, it does stuff. You get blessed tremendously. So... It's a little bit like that. So I have a need in God in many areas of my life for my health, 
for my marriage, for my children, I have a great need. For the church, uh, to be the man of God that I am, I have a great need in God. I'm absolutely dependent on him. I go to him every day. Is this good? I go to him and I actually wait upon him. I wait upon the Lord despite all the busyness and the, and the, and the competition of life and the, you know, the running and, and, and all this stuff. I still need to find time to wait on God like David did because life is just fleeting by. I mean, I'm seeing people so stressed in life, waiting in line. I think it was in the, in the optus shop or something and there was a single mother kid there and, and looked fine for a while and then the kid wanted to go to the toilet and she lost it this young mum with a kid she lost it i'm sick of you you do this to me all the time and she obviously was so stressed so stressed that she just charged out of that line and just took off out of the wow i mean that woman has a big need of peace in her life do you know what i'm saying and so does that child I talked about, uh, I'm going to talk about making room. If you need to be dependent on God, you've got to make room in your heart. You've seen someone's garages? Uh, (laughs) You should have seen my garage until about a month ago. It was stacked, man. I'd push things into there. I didn't care how it fitted now. You know how when things are tidy, you go, that belongs there, lovely. That belongs there, nice. That belongs up there, great. Man, my garage got to the point where I'd throw it in. I don't care how expensive the item was or how good it was. I don't care, man. It's just going in there and, and, and put the roller door down. So when you lift the roller door up, it lifts up about a ton of, of stuff. You know, and, and, and so people's minds uh, are crammed. They're crammed like a warehouse, no room to spare for God. Uh, you know, and, and you gotta, you got to get, gotta do some spring cleaning, guys. You got to get rid of some of the DVDs, uh, those images, and 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 you got to go to the Lord. You got to go to the Word, and you you got to lay some stuff down. You got to kick some. Who's brutal with? You know, my brother-in-law, again, my great brother-in-law at North Shore. He's brutal, man. If the kids get new bikes for Christmas, and if they haven't used them for two weeks, they're gone, man. They're out on the street. So. They're gone. Our kids are not using them, man. They haven't used them for what? How long? Two hours. All right, that's it. You're gone, man. That's gone. That's gone. Stereo systems. Out it goes. And uh, clothes. I tell you what, if you ever want to get some stuff on the, go to the North Shore and just drive around. Uh, There's some of those people that just got, but you've got to get rid of stuff. You got it. You got to get rid of stuff. Is that cool? You got it. You got to go to your garage of your mind, and you got to spring clean. I know it's hard to begin. I know it was for me. I love Jessie. She's a great cleaner. She she gets in there, man. She's brutal, man. She got into our garden yesterday, and I'm t- not light stuff, but rocks. I walk out. I hear this. It was like a, a truck backed up under my front lawn, and I heard all these rocks being tipped under my house. I thought the neighbor was mad with me. I thought he was dumping rubbish in my yard. I walked out the front, and Jessie and Jamie now, the she's got Jamie now involved, and the two of them got this massive big sandstone rock, moving it from its 15-year position in my rockery. And they're, they're like this, moving the thing. And literally this whole part of my yard now has no rocks, no rubbish. It's just Thank clean. You Thank you, God, for those people who know how to spring clean. Let's, let's give it up for those people. But you know what? The Holy Spirit wants to do that. The Holy Spirit wants to clean 
and cleanse and purge. We need to wait on God. We need to wait on God. The Bible states that the Bible states that to be able to wait on God is to be able to find God in the end. So oh, oh, I'm going to throw some scriptures up. I'm moving along pretty quickly tonight. Ephesians 2.18. Can we have that one, guys? Uh, I want to say this, that waiting on God is not a once-off occasion. <laughs> that waiting on God is a daily thing. Is that cool? That waiting on God is a daily thing. Man, there's trials, there's tribulations, there's persecutions. There's stuff happening through your life whereby you could jeopardize your Christian walk. There's actually people that have left They've left their faith in God. They're saying it does not work. God does not work. Church does not work. This stuff does not work. Well, can I say maybe they were doing formulas? Maybe they were doing some idealism in God? But I, I'm telling you, if you find God in a personal way, it is very hard to go far from Him. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's not about getting all this great information and being doctrinally wonderfully, uh, you know, uh, correct. But it is about finding God with your heart, finding God in your heart of hearts. Do you know what I'm saying? And in that way, you will find yourself strong in God. So I want to give you some encouragement that you can actually get into the presence of God so easy. Let's look at this. Ephesians 2.18. Is that coming up? For through him we have access, say access, to the Father by one spirit. You have access to God. And if you listen to the preaching this morning of Garth, you stand righteous before God through what Jesus did on the cross. You can, man, I'm telling you what, it'd be like telling you, you can go to Westpac Bank, it's open right now, take as much money as you want. Who's in for that? And if it was legal and if you could, the, the vault was open. But you're actually being told by the head honchos of Westpac, we're actually, uh, Keith, we're opening the Westpac especially for you, just like they do for some of these um, famous people, uh, Elton John or Michael Jackson, not now, but um, people who want to shop at Harrods or some fancy place. They would shut the shop down to the public and they would say, you can come in and shop. They would have all the attendants standing there just ready, hoping that, you know, that these people would come through and buy something. That's exactly what God's saying, man. The bank vault's open. It's open to you. What do you want? What do you need? You need some hope. You need some faith. You need some understanding of righteousness. You need some joy. You need some peace. What do you need? What do you need? And some people have got to get a, an understanding that we have access, say access, to the Father by this Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, but by our Spirit. So the next scripture is Ephesians 3.12. In him, in him, and through him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. We may approach, you can approach God. You can actually approach him. You can dare to approach him. You can confidently approach him. You can, with gay hilarity, you can approach God. Like you would when I went to 1988 Queensland, Brisbane Expo. Man, I was so, man, this was like Disneyland to me. So I, I took holidays and I got tickets for my family and man, I just hit that place. I said, this is the best chance I'll ever get at Disneyland. And so we went up there, man, and, I, and we did 15, 16 hour days, man. The kids were like, uh, the prams, we'd wore out four sets of pram wheels and, 
we'd sat and waited in lines two hours, three hours, but we just so... We conceived Jamie. We conceived Jamie during that, didn't we? I don't know how we did that. What was that? We conceived Jamie. We even conceived, see that? We did all that and still... You can chase God down, you can, you can wait on God, and you can have your cake and eat it too. I mean, come on. You can do this stuff. You can be a revivalist. You can do well at your studies. You can do well in your business. You can do well in your life. You can still go jogging. You can still love life, do life. And you can still conceive babies. I love that. Because, man, I worked hard. That was the hardest three days I ever... No, hang on. Hang on, God. Hang on, God. Hang on. I said that wrong. Can you take that back? <laughs> no, waiting in lines. Going to the expos. Make that clear. <laughs> well, I worked hard for Jamie. Don't you worry about that. Ephesians 3.12. In him and through him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Hebrews 4.16. <laughs> Let us then approach the throne of grace. I hope you're listening, Sam Flannery, because uh, he's doing the scriptures, isn't he? Hebrews 4.16. Has he got it? Let us then approach the throne of grace. Let's get down to Westpac if it's open right now. And let's... let's yeah, let's take out what, what we want. Grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. I love this stuff. Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brothers, this is, this, is, this is a spiritual man. This is like seed going into you right now. So the word's powerful. Don't forget that. The word's powerful. If you're taking this in, it's doing something in your life. I'm trying to tell you something through the word of God. Come by faith, have, there's access in God, man. Don't worry about that. There's no combination. God said that this morning. You stand righteous. You don't have to find a combination. Not seven, 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 or was it seven, six, seven, or was it? No, it's 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 just open the door, man. It's open the door. If you love Christ, you, you know Christ. You just open the door and in you go, man. The title deed of faith's in there. Your destiny's in there. Your dreams are in there. Your family's in there. Your future's in there. Your hope, your 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 faith, your love's in there. Everything's in there, man. Take it. It's yours. So Hebrews ten nineteen says, therefore, brothers. Once we have confidence to enter, confidence to enter. Some people don't have confidence to, to, to do stuff. Some people are a little bit shy. They miss opportunity. Oh, I should have said hello to him. Jesse met Richard or nearly got to meet Richard Branson at Noosa. She got that far away from him. Took a photo of him, but, but she said, I just really wanted to go and just touch him. Just touch the hem of his cloak. Just touch the hem. And, and, Excuse me. <laughs> and no, he wouldn't do that. He's so cool, that guy. And I heard a story. One of the hostesses, they were at a party with him, and he literally sat down on the arm of the chair. And he said, "How you doing, love? Can I have some of this?" No, thank you. She, she, she got back at him as, as cheekily as, as he dulls it out. But um, confidently approach God. You got access by faith. What's the problem? Why aren't we waiting on God? Why are we going to God and finding our source of life and finding all this great resource that we should have in him? Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, this is a living way, open for us, open for us through the curtain that is his body. It's all because of Jesus. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, full of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. That guilty conscience has got to go, guys. 
You're loved completely through Christ. You are absolutely, absolutely, powerfully, God's lavished his love all over your life. Just believe it, receive it, and take it. It's yours. And having our bodies washed with pure water, the word of God. 1 John 3.21, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, See, there we go again. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You can come boldly before God, come into his presence. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. God so much wants us to approach him. It's an amazing, James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. Draw close to him, and he will come near to you. I'd love to read that out, but I'm not. I said this, but Christians cannot function effectively for God unless their lives are right with him. In fact, Christianity will not seem to work unless our inner spiritual life is in order. Therefore, waiting on God needs to be our number one priority of life as a Christian. I said in a modern world, be careful that we deny God in our daily life. This is a discipline. It's just a waiting. I don't know how you do it. Everyone's got their own style. Some people do it by walking. Some people do it looking at a tree. Some people do it surfing. Some people do it going to you know a, a prayer closet. Some people do it reading their Bibles and having quiet time. Some people do it in their car during their lunch break at work, but there's got to be a time in that day. You've got to get innovative. I bet you're innovative when you, when you want to wrangle something and, and, and get to someone and, and do something and bless someone with something. You want to bless them with a gift, man, and you've set it up. And isn't it fantastic how some of these guys are proposing now? And uh, I love that one with Rob and Ed Weiner, and he was he was taking his girl at night down to the beach just for a bit of a romantic walk. But she didn't know he had set up this great big flaming "Will you marry me?" in the sand, and it came up like this, and and flowers and colours, and oh my God, she was he planned that and prepared that man, you know, so. I love that. So I proposed to Julie at Shelley Beach with seaweed over her head. She was absolutely upset with me. She 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 knew it was coming, so she was very she was very much ready with with you know everything looking great. But I was a little bit slow, and uh, we needed to go. It was a hot day. It was a hot day, so we went for a swim. And she tried to keep her hair out of the water, but somehow we got dunked in in the Shelley Beach. Uh, wave and uh, she came up she had seaweed over it, I just didn't know what I just, just got this confidence to approach I got this confidence to approach and, 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 and it was the wrong time, she was really upset with me but I said would you, and, and Julie's got this big piece of seaweed there said, would, you, would you marry me boy you really picked a great time don't you? Would you, could you do it again could you do it again and so, <laughs> it wasn't like that in the book yeah fantastic <laughs> of course, we uh, talk about Martha, and uh, Martha was too busy running around complaining. Her sister Mary was doing nothing, and uh, but she was at the feet of Jesus, listening and, and ministering to Jesus. And uh, what is the better thing at the end of the day? God created us to work from our spirit and our heart outward. I love that. Get that. God created. I think I will have these scriptures. Thanks, uh, Sammy. John seven thirty seven. Uh, to 39, 
because some people haven't had this one for a while. God created us to work from our spirit and, 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 and from our heart outwards. And I love this. If our heart, which can be thought of as a doorway to our spirit, as in a, and, a, and if our heart's not right, it'll shut down your spirit and you won't be able to minister, you won't be able to worship, you won't be able to do what God and how God wants you to love. So I haven't got these down here, but on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And yes, and whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. You love being with people, Christians, who just got this ability, man. You know, I love the parties we went to yesterday. I met some great people and they just had life flowing, flowing through them. I love it because I love getting in, in, in the way of that. Who, who loves that? Getting in the way of people that know how to rage and have a good time. Who loves people that stand there at parties and go, yeah, yeah, no, uh, I'm a little bit interested, uh, but but that's all good. But still, you can still you can still try something. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean we we all got different personalities, but there must be some way you can enjoy and participate. And and like I'm an introvert, parties for me on the wrong day are not good. But I can actually make myself party. Who's a bit like me? And I don't need drink. I don't, I don't need drink to do it. I can party hard. I can dance. I can party. But I don't drink. And people say, the minister, man. I thought, thought you know, thought you're not supposed to. I've actually had people say, we've actually outdanced, outdanced sinners at, at wedding parties. <laughs> Drunken, yeah, it sounds better if I say that. Drunken sinners, I've, we've outdanced them. Uh, outdance them. I mean, I remember one in a hall in the early days, and we just had a ball. We just we danced and we danced, and they were bikies and whatever, and yeah, and they just couldn't believe that we were just having a blast. We were just using this occasion now, just to enjoy, man, and just celebrate. And because uh, weddings are a great, great time to celebrate, are they not? Praise God. So it's awesome. What's the next scripture? I just give you that one too before we go. Luke 6.43, is it? Luke, Luke, can I have that one? Luke 6.43. I'm nearly done. Luke 6.43. Yeah. Yeah. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from the thorn bushes or grapes from the briars. Yeah, uh, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Talking about the heart again, and the evil man brings evil things out of his evil stored up in his heart. So the cluttered heart, the cluttered heart, the heart that's junked with offense, junked with rubbish, junked with worldly stuff, junked with just dead stuff, that is a problem for the Spirit of God to flow through. A good, clean heart allows the Spirit of God just to flow just so brilliantly, and it's, it's an amazing thing. I think that's why I use that scripture. Have we got another one, buddy? I think there was. Matthew 15, verse 18, and we're done. We're just about done. Yeah, this is good. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. So, you know, it's all about the, the ability to praise God, worship God, thank God, all comes out of the heart. If the heart is full of the world and cluttered of the world and of offense and stuff like that, you're not going to get too much, man, I'm not, uh, when I opened that garage door when it was totally cluttered, I'm not hearing too much praising in there. But, but even the rats are going, come on, man, when are you going to clean this place up? This is getting, this is, this is terrible, man. We, we got to, 
Yeah, so, and these make a man unclean. Yeah, is that content? For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality. And these are the complications when your heart is um, unfortunately polluted and uh, defiled. Uh, these are the things that can actually get, that can come out as fruit from your heart. So that's not a good day if that stuff is happening right there. Is that all right? That's great. So the idea, get with God, let the Holy Spirit speak to you, let him cleanse you, let him heal you, let, let him for, uh, forgive you, let him cleanse your heart. But you, the way to do that, uh, I mean, it's a bit like changing your undies, I think, a little bit. This day. Man, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I like to change my undies every day. Uh, and do you a bit like that, guys? Luke doesn't. Okay, well then. No, no. <laughs> no listen, listen, Okay. You know, it's about taking your heart to the cleaners every day. It's about taking your heart, and, and, and the way you've got to do that is wait on God. Trust in God. So let's stand. God bless you. Thank you, Father. Our heart is made right by waiting on God and responding to anything that which the Holy Spirit is convicting us. Once we have re- repented, we can make Jesus Lord again of our life. I said this, our heart is made right by waiting on God and responding to anything of which the Holy Spirit is convicting us. Once we have repented, we can make Jesus Lord again. Can I have that last scripture, Proverbs 4.23? Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Above all else... Guard your heart, guard the garage of your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Father, we come before you tonight and say thank you, God, that you give us the power of your spirit to be cleansed. Thank you, Lord God, that there are cleaners. Thank you, Lord God, that there are power, there is a power from heaven, the Holy Spirit, that cleanses our heart washes our mind, renews our spirit to you, God. So, Lord, I throw up my hands to you and I say, God, I have a great need of you, Lord. But first I make room for you. I make room for you in my heart. And I worship you. I thank you. I praise you out of the intentionality of my heart and say to you, God, thank you that I can approach you, that I have access to you. Jesus, I bear my heart before you, and I pray that, Lord, right now, right now, let's just...